everybody it's that podcast what a beautiful podcast episode 23 andrew i honestly forgot please tell me it's 23 yes jack it it is in fact episode 23 and you were just listening to jack who never remembers the name the numbers of the episodes and you're all you're now listening to me andrew who does remember which episode number we're on because i'm the one uploading them every week and jack doesn't even look (laughs) i should have remembered because the number 23 is my favorite jim carrey film Oh, yeah, dude. Everybody remembers that movie, and you just did not just... you. Who remembers that movie? Nobody remembers that movie, other than how goofy the marketing for it was. Listen, I've actually, like, I've seen that movie, and I've thought to myself, like, hey, this is this is a movie that Jim Carrey's in that's pretty alright. That, that, the number 23 is decidedly not on Iraqi's list of the top 20 horror movies of all time. Okay, <laughs> but we do not know if it's uh, not in one of those other sections. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Episode we 20. finished we finished part two last week, our coverage of part two, and this is now the episode, much like the episode we did after we finished part one, where me and mm-hmm. Jack like decompress a little bit and just, just do a little bit of good old old fashioned uh critique and discussion. And there's certainly a lot to talk about. So what we want to do today is first we're going to talk about just sort of like a closure to part two. And then we're also going to mm-hmm. go through the part two anime and see how it all fits go together right and what our thoughts on our thoughts are on part two as a whole. So why don't you start mm-hmm. off, Jack? Well, looking back at part two, it's very much the part two manga, obviously. It's very much a product of its time, and oh my gosh, what a time it was. Where the battle oh shows yeah. were plentiful, the gore and body horror was accepted in a children's magazine, and oh man, that, that's a time that can never be repeated. And maybe it should Yeah, be. <laughs> I mean, part part two, uh, I, part two definitely shares a lot of, uh, I guess, DNA with its uh, battle shonen cousins. But, like, it definitely yeah. carves out a very unique place in that genre in a oh, way that sure. a lot of things couldn't compete. Because I'm guessing, like, Dragon Ball was happening around the time that uh, that part two was. It definitely was happening in some capacity. And uh, I think every other battle shown in kind of, like, I guess, I guess in a way, bows to Dragon Ball a little bit in terms of just popularity. Oh, so, for sure. So, like, it's interesting to see how different Part 2 of JoJo is from the simpler simpler sort of battle shonen. Like, it's, Dragon Ball's obviously far more straightforward with what it does. Mm-hmm. But um, but it's, it's interesting to see the, the differences there. Whereas uh, Battle Tendency just goes, like, the extra mile and not just being like, oh... So, this is a battle shown in, and they have this magic power, like, insert magic power here, and they fight, in- they fight insert, uh, incredibly overpowered bad guy here, good guy wins the end. Like, that might, that's kind of like the skeleton frame happening here, but there's a lot mm-hmm. more going on that separates it. Yeah, and as far as style goes, obviously Fist of the North Star, like, obviously Fist of the North Star. Oh, yeah, I mean, huge Fist of the North like Star. Part one. Yeah, Fist of the North Star just like dominates the artistic stylings going on on a lot of early Iraqi stuff. You can it's clear that he was very much inspired by it. Yeah, and this is the last part we'll see 
where Iraqi had like these the H.R. Giger designs that were just like like very intricate and like biomechanical like as we move on to like the the cleaner lines and edges of part three and beyond like we kind of lose some of that like organic feel like yeah well we definitely see like part three is definitely going to have some consistent artwork up to a certain point (laughs) and but like it's just this gradual, gradual change that Iraqi goes through throughout all the different parts that you just see unfold. Well, except in part yeah. four, where there's just, like, one chapter where he just... It looks like someone else started drawing it. <laughs> oh, yeah, where, like, Josuke got all svelte, and he wasn't, yeah. like, a meat monster. <laughs> something ha- something dark happened to Iraqi, where he just... He, he became a new man. He was just like, wait, wait a second. You mean men don't have footballs in their biceps all the time oh god or you could just explain it as you could just say that that's the point where the new young iraqi clone came to take the other one's place so it looks like well he never ages (laughs) it's like the point in moon it's just like all right i'm here i'm here to replace you it's like all right time to check out (laughs) it's like time to rest but anyway so back to back to part two so I guess we can just talk mm-hmm. about the characters real quick. Cause like, boy, do the characters, the characters really is what makes it happen. Because like yeah, we were saying earlier, character the pl- driven story. Yeah. The plot definitely falls into that battle shown in skeleton frame, but the characters mm-hmm. would elevate it to be something more than that. Yeah. Where like parts one and two, very character driven. Cause you have like a fair handful of characters, like, reacting to the situation we have like well-realized character arcs and then you move on to part three where that's like less of a concern and it's more uh story driven where it's just it's just like a line like a video game like people say part three is like an rpg and it is it's just like you got your party you're doing your stuff but part two like really relished in like these three or four characters like we really got to know joseph and caesar um and kind of lisa lisa she she kind of didn't get much, unfortunately. Yeah, well, let's talk. Let's talk about our friend Joey, Joey Joster, oh, real love, quick. So, like, love Joey. He's my. You know, boy. there's the joke that it's just like, if if you say Joey is, if you say Joseph is your favorite JoJo, then you clearly haven't read all of JoJo. But like, I strongly disagree with that because I really do think even after reading all of JoJo and being just absolutely entrenched mm-hmm. in it for a long time, I still think that Joseph is one of the strongest characters that Iraqi ever made. Oh, definitely. Like, I, he's definitely up there as far as best JoJo, and we can, we can yell about that till kingdom come, but it won't get us anywhere. I mean, I, yeah. Johnny is up there for me, but that's, that's just, cause he's a dark boy. <laughs> he's got some dark. Well, yeah. Um, but Joey was just like, he's so honest and upfront about what he is. Like, he's just an asshole who happens to do good things for the people he cares about. Like... Yeah, it's very strange, because he's, he's almost, like, apathetic in a way, but... Yeah, he, he couldn't give less of a shit about most of the things that happen in Part 2. Oh, like, yeah, he's apathetic towards the world, but to his family and friends, he's almost the exact opposite. Oh, yeah, he's loyal to a fault. It's a, it's a very interesting dynamic he has going on. 
And just the way he bounces off of everybody and the way his fighting style is so loose and, like, a lot less refined than jo just That's just a good way to put it. Like, jo Joseph Joestar is significantly less refined and perfect as Jonathan Joestar was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if uh, Jonathan could see his grandson, he'd just, like, put his head in his hands and just, like, oh, my God. <laughs> Which George, just makes it such a great job. <laughs> it makes it such a great thing that Araki did to make the character to the sequel the main character be such a contrast to the, the main character of the original. Oh, yeah. Was, oh God, he's... His mannerisms and his dialogue and his just entire attitude to the, these horrifying and, like, uh, incredible things happening around him, which more or less just involved just like, whoa, what's that? Oh, I guess I'm gonna hit it. <laughs> and that's that's kind of that's Joey Joestar. I, mate, can yeah. I trick it? Can I? Can I? Can I prank? Can I prank? Can I this goof my way out of this situation? <laughs> oh man, Joey would have loved to watch Punked if he were. If he, were <laughs> he, he would have loved Mr. Kutcher's like body of work. Oh God, yeah. I mean, I feel like if if we're talking comparing the characters of Battle Tendency to the characters of the seminal sitcom that '70s show, uh, Joe Joe Star would easily be Ashton Kutcher's character, Michael Kelso, easily. Oh my god, oh, man. <laughs> Caesar is Fez. Caesar is definitely Fez. Oh like, yeah, a hundred percent. Speedwagon <laughs> is Eric. Speedwagon is Eric. Uh, Wham is Red Foreman, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> Just this angry, disappointed dad. <laughs> it, all right, so in an effort to not stretch this metaphor too thin, <laughs> let's just yeah, say... Yeah, we'll chunk this to another podcast. Um, yeah, whoever's doing the That 70s Show podcast can pick this up where we're really left off. Oh, yeah. We, we can but, do a crossover uh, guest episode to decide. <laughs> Suffice to say, Joseph Joestar is brilliant and loyal and stupid and funny, and he's just great. Mm-hmm. But he wouldn't be anything if it wasn't for his supporting cast. So let's talk about his his buddy old pal, Caesar, Caesar Zeppeli. What do you think Jeez about Caesar, Jack? Zeppelin. I there are certainly some there are certainly good. some opinions about Caesar out there. Yeah. And apologies for the wind noise. There's like a fucking hurricane happening outside for some reason. But that doesn't change the fact that Caesar is a very good supporting character. Um, but their roles could definitely not be reversed. <laughs> like Caesar No, 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 no. Caesar was born Caesar was born to die, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. Like, well like there's a lot. There's an argument to be made that Caesar is more of a plot device than a character, but I would disagree because yeah, he has some cool stuff going for him. Yeah, and his relationship with Joseph is like very important to the story. Like mm -hmm. the story wouldn't have been able to move forward without them being together. Oh yeah, that like their relationship is what provides the thrust of the uh, the like the main conflict in this manga, like hit like their competition in the middle of, with the montage and the training arc that's one chapter like i love that chapter um 
and just develops like they into this camaraderie that is feels well earned and it it's it's really sad when he dies it's real yeah sad. <laughs> because they don't take to, they don't take to each other real quick and there's a lot of time that they spend that they're still at odds with each other so when they finally like respect each other near the end it, like it just feels good it feels like this was this was not nonsense like it's real yeah and especially after like the final argument between he uh caesar and joseph where then caesar goes off to his death it's like that whole scene was just like oh you you two you two big idiot boys stop fighting you god damn it <laughs> And he's and he's got such great hair. Caesar has great hair. It's oh yeah, even if his fashion sense is a little wacky. He he is the daredevil of the streets. I'll have you know. <laughs> and he fights with the chain, and has and wears a feather in his hat. So yeah, I don't think there's too much to say about Caesar, because he doesn't really go that deep. But he is no. definitely is a good supporting character, I feel. Oh, and I've yeah. always liked him. Yeah, he, he's one of, like... He's no gyro, but then again, who is? Um, yeah. But he was he was a very good supporting character in a part Made great of foil for JoJo. Oh, Like, kept him on foil. his toes. Perfect And foil. it wouldn't have been the same without him. No. So... Next on my list of most important characters, I think, let's talk about Lisa Lisa, or Elizabeth Joestar, or the Lisa. character who is the biggest shame of part two, like, the biggest <laughs> missed opportunity, because... Yeah, you you like Lisa Lisa a whole bunch, and I can see why. Like, she's a very powerful lady, and she doesn't get... Well, yeah, your, your, your boy likes him some strong women, and mm. Lisa Lisa is the strongest of the ladies yeah um and the few times that she does get to flex her muscle uh it doesn't end well for anyone on the end of that like she takes no. joey to school with that oar, and uh oh god what's what was the weird guy who's door who's like turned his dick into a doorknob or something like ugh. oh god i can't even remember jo jobber jo oh yeah jobber jackson with an x right Oh, yeah, Jobber Jackson. Jackson, yeah. But, you know, I even think that just, like, even though I don't think that her character was brought to its full potential, just the fact mm -hmm. that you spend this the whole bunch of chapters, like, so who's the Hamon Master? Who's Caesar? And they're going to meet the Hamon Master. And who do they meet? This, like, woman on a, on a boat in, <laughs> in Venice. And it's just, like, at the time, that was incredibly uh, subversive. Like, oh yeah, the, it, I mean, it's Shonen Jump. It's it's the female yeah. characters are not the not the strong suit, not then, and the, really not now either. But just it's, like think about it, like so this is your this is another way that Battle Tendency breaks the the Battle Shonen mold because it's just like so who's the martial arts master gonna be? Oh, some kind mm -hmm. of Master Roshi archetype, like old wise man who's gonna teach the young hero his skills. And no, turns, this was sort of out. like that in Phantom Blood because you got Baron Zeppeli, you know, sort of that archetype. Yeah. In part two, no, it's Lisa Lisa, and that's really cool and a real good way to also give it give the series some more identity. 
Oh yeah, she, and then another addition to the supporting cast. Like she, she doesn't. Her interactions are pretty limited, but the real the real big story beats that she's there. Um, like it gives it more impact, especially after Caesar dies and you just see her trying to light an upside down cigarette. Like that's, that's yeah. Who power, could ever forget power. that image? Oh, it's so yeah. Powerful. That's like one. That's like the standout image of part two, really. That that and Joey's screaming Caesar because that image has been in like every video game that Joey's. Oh been yeah. In. Like everyone. I'll just I just like I I'll never be able to forget the the part where, where Joseph's like oh coach your cigarettes upside down and it's like <laughs> oh it's like, yeah that was real shit. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I never thought about Lisa Lisa being coach. But now I'm imagining like they a called your coach. Do they really call her coach? Oh man, what, which manga have I been reading? <laughs> now I'm just like imagining a football AU, and <laughs> where Lisa Lisa is the coach. And oh man, okay, we already did that Sony show. We can't go down another hole. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Lisa Lisa and really lady. where Lisa. Yeah, and like. She had a lot of potential to be a better character than she was. Uh, there's a lot to be said about whether or not the twist that she was Joseph's mother was really a good idea or not. I I kind of go, I kind of go back and forth on it. It can be a little detrimental to her character, but it also makes sense as a story thing. So yeah, it up some plot threads. Um, yeah, could have been better, but regardless, I love her to death. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it as far as like main supporting cast. We could talk about Speedwagon and Smokey. They're they're just there. They really don't impact the plot all too too much. Well, Speedwagon, it's imp- Speedwagon was important because it's uh, Speedwagon was the first yeah, instance the of the setup. trend, the trend that every uh, subsequent JoJo part has a character from the previous part to bridge the gap, and yeah. and, and Speedwagon and, was the first to do that. And the fact that he set up the Speedwagon Foundation, which is something found in Which, every other jojo part yeah the speedwagon foundation sort of links the universe together in, mm-hmm. in fiction wise like it holds everything together it make it was just a real good piece of world building really oh definitely um let's talk about the antagonists because part two oh god we got is. our pillar boys oh the pillar boys Oh shit! We forgot about Stroheim. How how did you let me? Oh, how are we not talking about Stroheim? Oh my god, Stroheim is brilliant. What yes. manga do you ever like? How many times do you ever read something where the character is this lovable, likable guy, and who you, you love having around, but then oh wait, he's a fucking Nazi. He's a <laughs> it's literal just like, Nazi. Like, do I feel bad about liking this character? I don't know, but that's almost besides the point. The fact that this this fucking late eighties battle manga made me think about my morality about caring about Towards this character nazis. who is a nazi it's like it's like what if, what if we were all the nazis all along no um because he never really does something that's like that that makes him a nazi <laughs> he he might as yeah. well just be like this guy <laughs> well because they this whole like the whole pre-World War II setting it has sets up for a lot of weird political stuff that they they mm-hmm. thankfully never touch on but just the oh, fact that, that it's yeah. like, see, it's just like Joey is from is born a UK native, uh, lives in New York, who's teaming up with an Italian and a Nazi, and it's just, 
it's very interesting. If they're teaming up with an Italian Nazi to fight a bunch of Mayan vampires, it's like, what's going on here? Yeah. So, yeah. Stroheim's entire evolution from, like, German guile to just like, hey, I'm a cyborg. Look at me. I'm Cyborg the Cyborg is <laughs> such a fun arc. Because, like, he, he dies... Like, when you first see him, he's just gone. And so we're led to believe that, oh yeah, he's just vaporized by this grenade because it's a grenade. And then when we see him, it's like legitimate surprise because like, holy shit, you should be dead. And no, he's just cyborg. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's good. It's very yeah. good. But yeah, but the, uh, uh, moving on. Mayan vampires. <laughs> Yeah, so we got our, our antagonist, the Pillar Boys, and there's so much, so, so much to be said about what makes the Pillar Men great villains, mm -hmm. uh, minus ACDC. Let's just get this way out of the way. ACDC AC sucks. <laughs> he's just, he's a gross, nasty boy who ne who needs some manners, um, but he is better than Santana, because Santana is just like, who cares? Santana was just... <sighs> mid-boss. He was yeah. mid-boss. <laughs> Santana just existed pretty much to just say, oh, you think this guy's strong? Wait till you see these other guys. Yeah. You thought Straits was a big deal? You thought Santana was a big deal? You thought Donovan was... No, Donovan was never a big deal. Donovan was never a big deal. <laughs> yeah, Jabba Jason. Um, yeah. Wham's whole honorable warrior, like, sympathetic, like, villain. Because he's not really a villain. He's just... Yeah, Wham and Cars is kind of like two sides of the same coin, really. It's just like, whereas Wham is just like loyal to a fault and just mm. like doing whatever he feels the right thing to do for his people. It's like almost yeah. on the exact opposite side. Cars is aiming for the same goal, just being way more chaotic evil about it. Yeah, Cars like has no moral compunctions. He's just like, I'll do whatever it whatever gets me my goal i don't care why am i talking like yogi bear i don't know um and he, he does it like that's it's completely accurate he just doesn't care and it gets him what he wants in the end it's only by sheer luck that he was defeated whereas wham yeah. like has a moral code and sticks by it to the end like to his death if he did yeah and there's so much about the pillar men that if you ignore their uh like character traits you might be able to see them as generic shonen punch punch vet villains mm -hmm. but the it's just their their interactions and everything that make them so much more than they than they could have been yeah it, oh man from the from the very beginning when the everyone awakens and we see these giant naked like rippling men like oh what's going on with these guys uh, and the pillar men were also a brilliant way to tie the story back to phantom blood too like oh yeah it, it's just showing that it's like okay so there's this one stone mask that caused all kinds of bad things but like mm -hmm. oh you want to know where the stone mask came from who who made the stone mask oh these guys yeah and it ends it ends like the whole like vampire saga like from this point on the surprise will no longer be vampires unfortunately yeah but well i mean there's an argument to be made up. that like 
there's an argument to be made that uh part part three is more like caps off like a trilogy of sorts parts oh, one yeah, parts one it's... two and because it's... like dio is still a vampire the main sure. bad guy is still a vampire and there are still other vampire people in part three so it's not totally gone it's just less of a focus no. yeah one one and two like form a pretty good like a pretty good vamp chunk where like three like puts to bed vampires forever like the vampires are gone after they're like, yeah they're all dead because the punch ghost killed them part three um, is very transitional in a lot of ways whereas part part two it's almost like part two the series kind of got set at its ways a little bit and then mm-hmm. in a very sort of a rocky way it gets upheaved very quickly but uh oh yeah part two was Iraqi just being like I oh, mean I love drawing like these big muscly dudes doing stuff being guys you know and he just yeah. did more of that like most of part two could be set to the Top Gun ca- soundtrack like that would be <laughs> fine but then and I think just, just like, to wrap no you first got... actually lost my train of thought go ahead <laughs> <laughs> anyway so I was gonna say to wrap it up, to put kind of like mm. a cap on part two, I, I think brilliant. that it's absolutely brilliant, and I think it holds up extremely well today, minus a couple weird things. But I think on the on the whole, it, it really, really reads well in in twenty sixteen. I think it's amazing. Oh yeah, it's a it's def, it's very different from a lot of the shonens we have today. It's a nice like like sixty some chapter. Thing. you can blast it out on a weekend like have a great time just laughing learning loving um like, and it totally outshines part one it did everything that it was everything part yeah. one wanted to be but more yeah and in more well thought out finish yeah and it's just like everything that jojo's gonna do after part two is so different than what it originally looked like it was going to be so like <laughs> part two Part two is the is the perfection of the proto Joge, as I'm gonna mm. call it. The it's proge. like, yeah, the proge. The proge. Yeah. <laughs> it it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So anyway, in case you didn't think it already, or in case you weren't reading it along with us, please read part two, Battle of Tendency. It's a good time, and it's fun. The next thing I want to talk about is well, the part got, two we anime give it a score we gotta give it a score it's not a how do you score for... it how do you score right. how do you score it i'm gonna give it eight mama mia's out of five <laughs> there's your, there's your score folks take take, take mm-hmm. that with what you will take that number take it to the bank anyway so i really want to talk about the part two anime because we we talked when we talked about the part one anime it was just like okay so david productions kind of getting their foot off the ground figuring some things out a pretty good adaptation of phantom blood well the best adaptation of phantom blood we're likely to ever get so oh yeah uh, until we find that movie (laughs) but there has never been an attempt to adapt uh, Battle Tendency before. No. And then it. they went and did it. And I think it's great. I, I don't really have a lot to complain about the Part 2 anime. No, like, 
it's still because I went back and I watched like various chunks from like beginning, middle, end, and like man, they had a shoestring budget still. Like, oh it, yeah, I mean the production values are definitely weak to say the least. Yeah, and but they, like, go ahead. It plays. I I think it just it just did so much with that budget though. Like it, it really it really like followed through on it. You know. Oh, they stretched it out like until you could like <laughs> play a nice play a nice jaunty tune on it because they covered up everything that they could with like weird transitions and colors and just making sure people didn't notice that hey joey hasn't moved in a while <laughs> oh yeah and like the way they played with the color palettes in it, it was amazing and very striking Mm-hmm. And also got to talk about the musical score because if you can listen, if you want to listen to the original soundtrack from part oh, two, so it's good. like everybody remembers the pillar man theme. The fucking hey, pillar man theme hey, is hey. so good. This soundtrack is like, it's like traditional with hints of like dubstep and heavy rock. And it's just like, yeah. I was like, Oh man. Cause like, they just told the soundtrack totally nails that feel of this weird like like sort of like retro uh but but this wacky adventure kind of vibe to it and it like it goes all over the mm-hmm. place of the genres that it pulls from and it's really good yeah it's surprising for like well no it's not surprising because it's produced by uh warner brothers but still like they had they had some resources behind it i guess on that front but yeah i could listen to it right now i could listen to bloody stream right now like bloody stream oh god bloody stream opening. what a great opening really it's... the whole opening animation really nailed the feel of part two where it's like mm-hmm. it was like smooth and to the point Frenetic. yeah like in real in your face and like it got all those emotions right into the into the opening animation so that's really good and the pace of it is just so smooth. It doesn't deviate from the manga almost at all, other than that one time with the postman. Oh my god. <laughs> Don't talk to me about the postman. I want to see Joey Joestar <laughs> launch a po- like a register into low earth orbit. Like wh- <sighs> God, I'm still I'm so salty about that. Like Okay, let's continue. Um, yeah, so other than the part with the postman, it's an almost perfect adaptation in a nice, uh, what is it, like, 18 episodes? Uh, no, because, like, Phantom Blood was 9, and is it only 17? No, 17, All right, 16, so yeah, like se- six, 16. Six, 16 episodes. It's such yeah. a quick, it's a, it's a real nice 16 episodes. It moves at a great pace. Nothing feels mm-hmm. skipped or rushed. It just all happens, and the uh, the performances from the Japanese voice actors are just fantastic. Uh, cars oh, terrific. sounds cars sounds so good, so deliciously evil, and Joey just sounds like just a complete asshole. <laughs> hey, we're talking about the sub. Yeah, we're talking about okay. the Japanese VAs. Okay, we're yeah because. Joey's voice actor just nailed the entire character. Like it's goofy, loud, like not not deep, like kind of deep, but in like a weird way. Just like oh yeah, ooh, ah. 
was yeah su- like super on point from how i imagined uh like the character would sound um less so in the dub but we will get to that <laughs> yeah we'll talk about the dub in a second but um yeah i mean it, it just the the production felt a, a lot tighter like even though it's still technically the same season of anime i still feel like part two felt a little tighter than the part one ad- adaptation did oh yeah like phantom blood was the first draft and uh battle tendency is like the final draft and then part three and then part four was like yeah we yeah yeah teach we got this we got this oh yeah Part three, the see the part three anime. It's a lot. It's very different than part two and part mm-hmm. one in terms of like, of like I guess like production style. Yeah. Whereas since they made parts one and two like technically one season, uh, it shares a lot of the design sensibilities and aesthetics of the animation from part Absolutely, one. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So it's very similar in that way. It also shares uh, roundabout as the ending theme. Obviously perfect. Great. Obviously. Yeah, great freaking song. Oh man, just hearing it in my head now, it's uh love it. Love it. Oh yeah. And <laughs> it's like man, it's really good. And the difference I because like when we talked about the part one anime, I, I recommended people watch part one before they read part one. But for part two, I think you can go either way. I, th- yeah. I think both are great ways to experience the story. And obviously, like, like we always say, you should do both. But if you yeah. want to do one tomorrow, flip a coin. Like, Yeah. I'm kind of, bi- I'm obviously biased towards the manga. Because, like, watching the anime, like, there's a lot of detail that was lost. Like, just, uh, Araki, Araki almost drew himself to death, it feels like, in parts of Battle Tennessee. Like, he, <laughs> why draw one character doing something when you can draw the same character eight times? <laughs> yeah, uh, well, I almost feel like that was sort of to a fault in part two. There's so uh, much rich detail, like, I appreciate oh, yeah. it, but I, I, I know, like, David Production took one look at that. It's like, no, we will draw that man kicking once and you'll be happy about it. Well, yeah, I mean, again, they didn't have a big budget, and I, I feel that they did a real good job with what oh, they absolutely. could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they, they it stands from... on its own. Even, like, regardless, talking about their budget, though, I still think it is a good anime when compared to other animes. Like, it is good. Oh, yeah, it's... They're... <laughs> like, I just wanted to look this up real quick to make sure I wasn't wrong. Um, but basically, before making JoJo, like... <laughs> Their last thing was Bento. Like, did you watch Bento? Like, I watched watched Bento. And that's why I was like, wait, David Production is doing this? Because it's just, it was a weird pick. Like, they they weren't really known for doing much, like, on their own. But, like, they they were gifted this this prize. And just like, don't fuck it up, guys. And they didn't. And it's amazing. <laughs> this could have gone to shit so many different ways, but it didn't. It, it's incredible. No, it. Yeah, and like, it's you know, it's like it doesn't. It like obviously the anime will never re- truly surpass the manga, but yeah. it is is such a good uh, tribute to it and a great 
way, a great way to experience the story with new eyes and, and just absorb it differently, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think the Part 2 anime did an absolutely phenomenal job in capturing the spirit of Part 2 and just bringing it to a lot of new audiences. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm so glad that, like, in his 30th year of work, <laughs> it was finally recognized um in in the west on a large scale like people knew yeah because like for before. a long time for a long time outside of japan like part two was kind of like the lost jojo part i feel like because it's just like it's like part one was the original and it's mm-hmm. just like you read you read about part one in the first page of that of the original shonen jump release of part three like okay this is what happened in part one yeah. but Part two has never really, up until when the anime happened, never really got a lot of recognition outside of its, like, like I guess, like, original fan base in Japan. Yeah, and I'm, I couldn't be happier for it. It's so much fun. The anime is fantastic work. Like, it, it could have gone very badly with the budget they had, but they made it work. They made it spectacular and, like, true to the feel of the manga and now let's move on over to the dub because uh okay yeah uh, just to pre- just to preface this uh, there's like a, a fundamental difference between me and the way me and jack look at anime dubs me oh, is that it? i don't really <laughs> listen for me i don't really mind that much like it doesn't like i've watched bad dubs i've watched good dubs i recognize the good dubs i also recognize the bad dubs Mm -hmm. but it doesn't the bad dubs don't really bother me that much mainly just because i like the ability to watch something while also doing something else it's just how i work and that's perfectly valid that yeah i'm not saying and there is a lot there's a lot about the part one and two dub that exists that i actually like a lot but there's sure. also parts of it that are absolute, absolutely horrible. But there are parts of it that I like a lot, and I just wanted to put that out there before Jack rips it a new one. So after okay. you, okay. Part two, the dub, does a lot of a lot of neat things. It gives everyone the proper accents for one. So we have like uh, a someone doing a german accent accent for strohan it's a serviceable accent sounds pretty good um with speedwagon he's a british man he sounds british fine Susie q i guess she's italian maybe and she's she's is very italian in the dub um yes man i'm forgetting what does lisa lisa sound like shit is she also italian? she's british oh she's sound okay no yeah, she's she british sounds, yeah she sounds british she's I don't know, she grew up in Italy, I don't know, after killing that dude. But Joseph Joestar, he's a he's a British youngin. He's he's a he's a robust uh, 18, 17-year-old. Um, born in Britain, now he lives in New York. Sounds like a cockney chimney sweep, let me tell you what. <laughs> and <laughs> it <laughs> It's like what what shine your shoes for i don't i'm not gonna try to do a bad british accent because it's just gonna sound like trash um but yeah it's it's so jarring from what i like the voice i was expecting to coming out of those big boy lungs 
it's just not it's too high it's too high pitched one it's too british and it's not goofy enough like i don't know if there's an english voice that exists that i would have been happy with for joey joe star but like De- like benjamin diskin was definitely like he didn't do it for me like maybe he's very good on uh, uh be cool scooby-doo or sword art online too <laughs> or most of digimon fusion i i don't know i don't know the man's body of work that well or oh he was char in origins interesting um but like just didn't really do it for me and what what is uh what's your opinion on him on the Oh, easily the worst part. Uh, if we're talking about the parts one and two dub, the voice for Joseph is easily my least favorite part of it. Yeah, Pillerman, uh, fine. They sound they sound good. I love Cars' evil voice. I love Cars' oh, yeah. English voice. I think he did a great job. Yeah, I watched the whole last fight dubbed, and it was like, yeah, this guy sounds super good. Like, launched into space, yeah. just... Oh, also the narrator. I, I like the English narrator a whole a whole lot. Oh, yeah, English narrator rules. Like, sounds exactly like the way you think he would sound. Yeah, just like a very excited man. Just like, yeah, yeah, car, and he stopped thinking. Ah, the spark of thought diminished and then went out. It, it's, it was very good. <laughs> yeah. Because um, pretty much every character that's not Joey Joestar sounds good, fine, perfectly serviceable dub. And then he just, they they kind of just dropped the dropped the Jello and it just splattered everywhere and like you pick up the pieces and now you're holding a Cockney chimney sweep, and like, what do we do with this? I guess we put him in this. Like, all right. Yeah, because here's my thing is that like I just have trouble accepting overall that Joey would talk with a British accent and not like a shitty New York accent. Like, not like... I, I just don't, I don't picture him speaking English English. Yeah, I the, never the did. Queens. <laughs> yeah, like uh, he doesn't. Uh, he's not the Queen's English kind of guy, you know. No, he sound. He feels like I feel that he would do his best to sound like a shitty New Yorker. And in part three, Old Joseph, perfect. Like the dub, Old Joseph, great, great. I, like oh, what in the three. OVA? No, like the uh, the bits of part three that are dubbed. Like I. Oh, think... oh, the the test dub from way back when. Was it that test dub? Because I thought it was more um, like a more recent thing than that. And I don't know. But the voice for old Joseph that I like, it's, it's fine. It sounds great. Um, but yeah, that that's really like my only point of contention with that. The rest of it's fine. If you like, if you like dubs, I, it's fine. It's fine. It's a Yeah, fine I mean, that's dub. the thing. It's just, like, there's a lot of, like, really strong negative opinions about it. And I'm, I'm looking at people, mm. like, screaming about it. I'm just like, I don't get it. It's fine. Yeah. I, the one thing, another thing I'll say is I feel some of the emotion in the Japanese doesn't super translate real well. Like, just because of the nature of language and, like, it's not one-to-one and you have to play with it and some... Oh, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah that's just dubbing in general, though. Yeah, yeah. So that obviously, because it. it's the thing is like obviously you should watch it in Japanese. It's still 
you obviously should watch it in Japanese, but if you're on a rewatch and want to be a little lazy about it and are, are curious, like check mm-hmm. out the dub. I'd say go for yeah. it. Yeah, it's it's good. It's good stuff. And did you know that Viz has the license for the Blu-rays, not WB? WB only has license for the DVDs. Uh-huh. I didn't know that. And there is there is scuttlebutt about Viz actually doing a total redub for parts one and two, without See, accents. That would, that would be interesting and maybe good. Yeah, like Viz does very good work. I'm a I'm a loyal Viz supporter. Go right on the Viz train, choo choo, right into the station. Give me give me Gordon <laughs> the big engine. Gordon's here. So we'll see if that actually ends up happening because they're doing that and they're doing the manga releases of part four, which is amazing. And as I've said a bunch of times, you uh, you can buy the part two manga in English. It is all available in beautiful hardcover glory. And you should do that before these Jejoniums go out of print. So, like, like do it. Do, do things go out of print anymore? I feel like... I don't, this- I don't know. I'm so, I'm so used to... I had the same situation with... Uh, with Pokemon coming out the other day and like going to get mm-hmm. it on day one, like oh no, you're not, I'm not gonna be able to find it anywhere. It's the same thing. I'm so used to there being shortages like of everything, copies, and things going out of print and this, this, and that. That I'm always just prepared for the worst when it comes to getting things. Oh, yeah, same. I guess. I think I think we're safer than we ever have ever have been before. But still, like if you want it, get it. If you and... see it near Barnes and Noble or something, and it's usually cheaper on Amazon, so if you can find it at, at like a discount on Amazon, which it usually is, so just scoop that up, just scoop it, scoop it right up. Just get your arms, just like, just kind of like wrap yourself in Joey Joestar <laughs> and Caesar's Apelli, and just like, yes, boys, here, here are my boys, here they are, they're mine now. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so part four. With that, I think we can close. <laughs> yeah, we can close the book on part two. Yeah, I hope you've enjoyed our coverage. We're going to continue uh, to bring our own unique uh, content creation to our reread of Part 3, God Help Us All. <laughs> That's the tagline, <laughs> God Help Us All. Um, yeah, this is Part... <laughs> what a beautiful podcast, Part 3, God Help Us All. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, Jack checks into an insane asylum. Um <laughs> But yeah. We'll, but we'll anyway, we have an episode two. of part four to cover, and yeah, it's a great one. Oh, I'm so, oh god, so ever much. so. We are on the last part of the July fifteenth arc, and we're about to get like neck deep into the end game here. So let's just break it right down. Go do go do it, Jack. Break that down. Oh god. So you might remember where we last left off. Uh, Rohan uh, was an idiot. And now has cheap trick or cheap trap on his back. Um, can't show his back into anyone or he'll die. And cheap trap is just telling him, like, burn the pictures because uh, Rohan has unknowingly taken pictures uh, at, like, a train station trying to figure out who Kira is these days. And it has uh, Kira in one of the photos as Kusaku uh, Kawajiri. Um, so Rohan's at the end of his rope, called up Koichi and boy <laughs> the whole their whole interaction here where rohan's like yeah you gotta help me you can't like there's a stand attack it it's on my back but i can't show you my back or else i'll die and koichi is just are you i, co- are you I quote koichi yeah you fucking with me 
Are you? You ate a spider one time. How am I supposed to believe you now? You, you, you tried to kill me, kind of. Oh man. But yeah, it, it's just like Rohan trying to get Koichi. Like, come on, come on, bro, help me out. Check out this weird emaciated doll that was once this architect and <laughs> man koichi is just not having it um so koichi walks off cheap trap is really happy about driving rohan insane fun fact uh cheap trick is an arc that a, a bunch of like scenes were cut out of out of in like this whole remixing of these three uh plot points and i don't think anyone really cares it's not yeah like there's yeah. there was a scene where um cheap trick called like the fire department the police and ambulance 500 like pizzas and tried to like get all these people to see rohan's back like that could have been funny for a gag but like we're we're they past... were already crunching for time as it was yeah like it's no no time for goofs or gags right now it's time for the murdering to get get started again and boy does it because after the opening we uh we get on this subway car with uh with good old good old kira and he's trying to enjoy his uh little quiet life but his fingernails are gross like oh, oh yeah it's, watching his fingernails like grow a little bit in real time is like very not good i don't like it no it's it's not a it's not a fun place to look um, so he's trying so hard to not, like, get his strangling fish lifters out and just, like, strangle every girl with, like, nice hands he sees. Like, he's trying to be good. Um, but on the subway car, he sees this real snooty girl just, like, being real uppity, uh, with her boyfriend, like, bragging, like, yeah, my like I ran away from home, but I got my dad's key so we can go to the apartment. He's gone for a while. And we saw this couple before in a, a quick scene with Jotaro and Joseph. Like Jotaro had like a sheet of missing persons and we saw her and her boyfriend on like that sheet. And that was really cool cuz that wasn't in the manga and we were kind of led to believe that oh she's like missing presumed dead no she's missing presumed shitty because she's a shitty person <laughs> she's a shitty person with her shitty boyfriend yeah so kira's on the train trying to just like go home from work and they're just like yapping and yapping together and her bag is on his knee on kira's knee he like swipes it away and they immediately think like he's a thief or like a pervert or something is just like and Kira's just sitting there just like don't talk to me don't talk to me don't talk to me don't strangle anyone don't strangle anyone just trying very hard not to strangle anyone but as he leaves the car uh the subway car or the train car uh the boyfriend like runs into him spills his bag and spills out his novelty uh bowling pin nail clippers which i guess is his treasured possession from his previous life like god god bless this well no but like no don't don't bless him uh, no I, yeah i caught myself before i sinned he's a bad man he's the worst <laughs> man 
Um, and they just start making fun of him for his nail clippers. They're like, oh, how tacky. <laughs> Gross. Um, yeah, so we, we don't see Kira for a bit, but we do see the girl and her boyfriend, like, walking back to the apartment. And, oh, before, I forgot. Cheap trick still happens. And as much as I just want to, like, talk about Kira and his goings-on, like, we got to wrap up the cheap trick thing. Basically, uh, Rohan tries his best to not have anyone see his back. And that involves just, like, being real weird around corners, just, like, scrunching up against poles and stuff. But he has to go across this, uh, like, across the street and... Cheap Trick's like, nah, brah, you can't do it. You're going to be a fucking bitch. No one's going to see, everyone's going to see your back and you're going to die and I'll be happy and a ghost. Um, <laughs> but he was real clever because he figured, he realized, wait, the architect got here. How did he do it? So he just goes back to back with another guy like crossing the street and writes it, writes in him with heaven's door, like, don't turn around, <laughs> just keep walking which is very clever for Rohan. Like, oh yeah, but it totally begs the question how the uh, how the architect pulled it off because oh, he's he sure got didn't have heaven store. <laughs> oh yeah, because cheap trick antagonized like the guy that Rohan is back to back with, but he didn't antagonize the architect because cheap trick is a dickhole. Um, but then we have a great part because in the original manga. Uh, Rocky still doesn't know how to draw animals, but David Production kind of, like, tweaked the knobs a little bit. So, Rohan comes across this cat, and he realizes, him and Cheap Trick are like, Oh, yeah, if a cat or a dog sees me, you're fucked, buddy, because they're still smart enough to have stands. Um, and it's like, alright, it's only one cat, no problem. And then he sees this entire tree filled with cats. It's just this cat tree, and they all, like, leap down, and he tries to heaven's door, like, all these cats, and there are some dogs, too, because apparently Cheap Trick can, like, call all, like, talk to all these animals and call them here, and Rohan doesn't know what to do. He can't attack all these cats and dogs at the same time, but who's here but Echo's Act 3, and it's awesome, because he used three, three freeze on one of the dogs scares off the rest of the dogs and Koichi's here and he's like, ah, oh, yeah, I, I, I left, but I saw you were still doing some weird shit. So I followed you and I'm really glad I did because I'm your friend and I was worried about you. And it was really, it was really cool about Koichi because he's still like a nice boy at heart. Koichi. Oh yeah. Koichi fucking rules. Yeah. Koichi, like I didn't like him at all in the manga and I was real happy. Like when he got gutted, like, over and over but it, the anime really endeared me to him endeared him yeah i think it has a lot to do with the the voice work on him yeah. it's very good and sure. yeah i wasn't super hot on him when i read the manga either but for whatever reason in the anime I, i've grown a lot more attached to him yeah and he tries to use act three freeze on cheap trick um but it just starts to rip rohan's back off <laughs> like yeah and this everything. is this is the kind of thing where Araki and then the show needs to remind people about stand rules. It's just like, oh yeah, you, you got to remember that if you if your stand gets hurt, you get hurt. 
and yeah, we know this doesn't actually happen all the time but in this situation it's plot relevant so yeah yeah it happens <laughs> it uh, happens when we feel like it <laughs> pretty much so it does koichi undoes act three um rohan is is losing it because cheap trick is finally starting to get to him he's all sweaty the ground like the colors everything starts to look like this trippy 70s landscape it's wild how good the colors are in this episode and rohan just gets this crazed look in his face and then shows koichi his back and oh what's that rohan had a plan all along yeah he did because this yeah, is he did. Ghost Street, and Cheap Trick is about to get ripped to pieces by ghosts. Oh man, the this turn was so cool because like they don't you you don't notice that Rohan is on Ghost Street until like the reveal because it's just like Mariah Cho has so many streets. Who cares? Um, so as yeah. soon as Cheap Trick like turns around to like possess Koichi, like he looks back on the street you're never supposed to look back at and all the ghost hands just come out and drag him off rohan's back and in like a super cool move rohan just like i'm not sure if there's a heaven or hell but just to make sure i'm gonna send you to hell and in with with heaven's door writes go to hell on cheap trick and it's super cool like the so whole- can i be can i have a second to to be that guy sure go ahead i need to drink some water please god this sequence raises so many questions for me and i and like obviously like this doesn't actually matter but like it's just i can't help but think about a couple things so one the hands are supposed to grab your soul and take you wherever right Sure. So is this implying that stands are, are, or this, this heavily implies that stands are separate beings because if cheap trick is supposed to now be Rohan stand, shouldn't the hands have taken Rohan with them when they pulled cheap trick? No, because steep trick, steep tick that my cheap trick OC, um, was like definitely part of rohan but distinct from heaven's door so like if heaven's door had looked back then rohan would have been dragged back too but because cheap trick was separate from like rohan's main jam like wasn't originally his soul like him being dragged back like makes sense to me that that's just me though Uh, okay so that that's fair enough the other question, all, kind of, it's kind of similar, but sort of different. So then, does that mean? So, it just, I just don't really. I think it's like playing around with the stand rules real hardcore, because oh, now I'm yeah. wondering. So, cheap, cheap trip, trip, cheap trick, being a cheap almost trick. fully autonomous stand. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to even word this question right. How does it make sense that he gets dragged in by the ghost people if? If at the end of the day it's like what is what is even his physical what's keeping him locked in the physical world even at that point like what's the anchor here like it's just hate hate <laughs> well and we've also like it becomes established later on or no in part three too like 
if stan user dies um like their stand becomes more powerful and that's a cliche with a lot of different things that's a thing in hunter hunter in uh naruto where like if someone like does the magic something or whatever and then dies like their something becomes stronger and like more powerful so that 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 didn't really bother me because it's just like okay that that's how it works that's anime manga logic whatever like the architect mr mr back um cheap trick was his soul like part of his soul that he wasn't able to control because he's pretty weak um after he got hit by the arrow so cheap trick separating from him killing him makes sense and then like latching on to rohan but because cheap trick like an only cheap trick was the one that looked behind rohan like he was the one that got dragged to hell that, yeah that's... I, i'm really i'm really just like looking way too far into it just because but i just definitely it's just definitely another moment where it's just like the very idea of stands still doesn't really make a whole lot of sense if you think yeah. about it too much yeah it's the ghostly <laughs> ripple don't think about it <laughs> well yeah i know i'm just saying it's fun it's it's fun to rip the logic to shreds a little bit because oh, they it really it really doesn't actually make any sense no matter what way you parse not, it out not at all <laughs> not at all <laughs> and the sequence where the hands grab cheap trick was like really well animated like oh yeah where they oh love it love it but yeah went quick through that because now this is like one of my favorite parts to see animated like holy shit we get we get back to this couple like they're back at like her dad's apartment that i guess she kind of stole or something she's got the keys and they're just walking in like they're probably probably gonna do some stuff later um and then kira's here and uh -huh. he just like like his hands in the door jam and his face and just like slowly coming in and the music that plays like kira's theme is so haunting just this like piano melody just oh incredible incredible yeah this whole scene is like deeply terrifying for a lot of reasons just because like the whole thing feels like kira is like like releasing like he's like de-stressing de doing this oh, which yeah. is like he's deeply indulging. disturbing he's <laughs> indulging because the boyfriend and like, just the, the fact that he... you got yeah Oh. I, it's just the whole thing is just crazy because it's just like oh did you forget how scary kira is because here you go walks in the room blows up the boyfriend oh so hard and like the boyfriend yeah. is dust and then he t he's just talking to this girl just like I'm, I'm just a guy who's trying to uh indulge in his interest in a healthy uh way and you're gonna help me with that what's your name what's your name and it i just want to cut real quick to uh duang scans very quickly because this scene in duang is amazing because <laughs> like i'm just gonna i'm just gonna go from the top my fingernails are still growing they're growing too fast can no one stop their fingernails from growing none Nobody will stop their nails from growing. Nobody can resist their natural instincts and urges either. This is very troublesome. 
You haven't answered me yet. Telling me your name. You have trouble? <laughs> what did you, you do to him? Don't answer my question with another question. I am asking your name. Do they teach you to answer question with question in school? And that's my favorite line. In this yeah. Paper. That's really oh. good. Oh, and I and his face in the anime with don't answer a question with a question like this super shaded scary face is in, oh god and he gets this girl to t like take his tacky fingernail clippers and cut his super gross long nails and while he's just talking to her oh man he's so creepy it's I wonder where he gets his Killer Queen ties made, though. Like, because he's got a bunch of these. And Oh, yeah. And I feel like it's like a, kind of like a bad idea to wear the same ties that he wore when he was Kira now that he changed bodies. Like, maybe kind of a little, like, uh, you might give yourself away there. Yeah, a tiny bit. Um, but, <laughs> but high fashion. And you can't, you can't put a price on high fashion. You just can't. Agreed. So this poor girl, M M Minico, M Mon Monaco, I forget her name already, and I'm watching it, um, like just crying, like cutting his nails while Kira is like, yeah, I was born with these tastes, just trying to do something about it, and you're helping me out. Oh, you, you uh, sound like your boyfriend was uh, gonna buy you some earrings. How about these? And he puts <laughs> the boyfriend's ears on her earrings <laughs> and compliments her on her nail cutting, holds her hand, and then without a sound disintegrates the rest of her, just holding her hand. Oh, man. And just like... Man, kinda... Kira is horrifying. Oh, yeah. Kind of just rubbing her hand on his face. Oh, but what's that? Hayato has been recording the whole thing from outside. And we transition real quick into uh, showering with your dad, the show. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, this is a long episode. This is a long episode, but like it's worth it just because of showering with your dad. What is it with old shonen manga and full frontal young boy nudity? I, I don't understand it, but it happens so much. It's just like, Japan. Dragon Ball was a real bad uh, thing about those constant Goku. Like, over OG Dragon Ball, just constant yeah. Goku penis. Constantly. Oh, constant. Like, little boy dick and balls. <laughs> and that's what we got here. Because Kira sees Hayato running home with the video cameras like oh fuck and we cut quit back to Hayato is now home showering or bathing with this tape uh in 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 a bucket and just as Kira steps in the door fully nude ripped with these strangling fish lifters and like like an eight pack god he's ripped <laughs> he's so ripped um and a really cool detail here like obviously the scene with him like in the doorway of the bathroom is incredible but did you notice that his sh his shadow in this scene is just killer queen like crossed arms like ready to go double bomb thumb style like it whew. great detail i love it mm-hmm 
oh man but it just gets real weird real quick because hayato is trying to hide this tape while kira is bathing him and oh man and <laughs> kira just it's wiping, so weird kira just wiping down hayato and it kira comes to the conclusion like he's got he's gotta kill hayato and killer queen comes out and it's this roiling black cloud of smoke uh, it's the coolest it's probably the coolest killer queen has looked in a while it's just this huge killer queen behind kira uh, ready to kill hayato but hayato reveals that he's been taping this whole encounter and has been taping like all of kira's goings on at the house and like if he kills hayato like people will find these tapes and we'll figure out that like kira kira has taken over kasaka kawajiri's life and like he's been doing all the murders and it it ends right as kira is like struggling to like almost kill hayato like just like blow his head up like a tiny bit make it seem like he fell in the sh in the uh the bathroom and then to be continued and what's the title mm -hmm. of the next episode andrew bites the dust bites the <sighs> dust here we go oh my god because like the next sequence of events is like full-on rip roaring hog just like balls to the wall action it's it's gonna be great yeah no we are goose. in for a crazy next five episodes man it's gonna be nuts <sighs> but yeah everybody <laughs> oh man that that was a long one we had a we had a lot of ground to cover but we yeah, so, like, I'm not sure we're really sure what we're going to do next week. Maybe we'll start part three. Maybe not. We'll figure it out. Well, but, I'm, uh, I'm getting that horror book in, like, tomorrow. So maybe next week will be an extension of our discussion about Araki's opinion on horror. Maybe we'll talk about oh, other yeah. stuff. Like, I, I kind of don't want to just jump right into part three, kind of do some, like, interesting one-off episodes. Who knows? We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll figure it out boys. as we go along, like we yeah. always do. Yeah. But anyway, guys, so get ready for the uh, the real harshness of part four of the next couple weeks, and we'll we'll keep it right here with you to to bring it all out and figure it all out, and maybe just scream about it as it's happening. Oh, the Who next knows? episode is just gonna be me yelling and you trying to be like Jack, 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 Jack. What's what's wrong with you? <laughs> and I'll just be screaming. Uh, but as always, but anyway, yeah. as always, guys, thank you so much for listening to us. Uh, we love we love having you. We love being able to speak to your ears directly through this recording. And you always. know, if you if you're if you're finding us on iTunes, thank you for subscribing. Thank you for checking us out. You following us on SoundCloud? Thanks for following. Thanks for dropping those likes. If you found us on likes. Google Play, then. Tell me if you if you actually found us on Google Play out of nowhere, cool. I, I let, let us know. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested to find out. I made the effort, but I, I can't tell if anyone's yeah. actually <laughs> subscribed to us on Google Play. Um, but thanks again, everybody. We'll see you next week with some kind of content to be determined. Yeah. 
Later, guys. Have a good one.